When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're talking the Pac 12, looking at eliminating divisions, and we review the linebackers and the defensive line. For the Utes in the upcoming season, I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. What's up, Ute Nation? And Scott. Ryan, are you are you already laying down? The podcast just started. <laughs> oh, no, hold no. that piece over there. My bedroom is the only room in the house not occupied at the moment. So, uh, yes, I'm lying in bed while we podcast. Getting a head start on my how come, sleep. <laughs> how come part of your screen is blurred out? <laughs> That's none of your business. <laughs> Good thing this is this is a podcast, radio only, <laughs> audio only. So I got a pile on Ryan since we're already doing it this weekend. Oh, this past weekend, I was at Ryan's and I needed some tools. And his daughter goes in and brings me out his toolbox. First of all, I wasn't they- home when you got there. My daughter his, was helping him before I even got home. His tools are all pink, <laughs> like they all pink, pink handles, like a pink hammer. <laughs> oh my gosh, is this true? They're not my tools; they're my wife's tools. Yeah, Missy likely story. Bought, she has pink tools. She does, and it was because all of my tools are outside in our shed, and you have to go outdoors to get them and it's kind of a pain in the winter time if you need like a hammer or screwdriver (laughs) and so she was sick and tired of doing that so she ordered her own little tool kit on amazon (laughs) it's bright pink pink. (laughs) it's bright pink and she keeps them in the house so they're handy so that's why my daughter grabbed them for cameron but when I pulled up, Cameron was using the pink tools so I don't know how this (laughs) is my problem she said that's all you had (laughs) She didn't want to go out in the shed either, apparently. <laughs> hey, so have either of you guys started Better Call Saul yet? Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boo. No. But I got time for Cobra Kai. <laughs> no, I won't tell you the show. That I, I <laughs> That's coming out earlier than expected. I don't even want to admit the show that I'm binging right now. What is it? I'm not. Mm-mm. Oh, come on. It's, you can't bring it up and then not say it's it. It's total trash TV, and I'm not... <laughs> Is it uh, Housewives of Salt Lake City? No. All right, you you gotta you gotta you gotta maybe. at least give us some hints. What what genre? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Reality, I guess. All right, just what is it? Ninety Day Fiance. Well, I've never even heard oh, of that I show. Either. Dude, it, it it makes you feel better about your life. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a what is it on like Netflix or is it uh, on network TV no, like TLC? I think. Oh, Cam's a big one TLC those, guy. One of those and, shows. 
Well, I'm not surprised. He does use pink tools, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> well, for the... For the <laughs> Ryan's currently binging that one. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for the two people that are still listening, <laughs> let's jump into this. All right, let's let's get into this. Conferences in college football are looking at eliminating divisions, and there is some big news that the ACC is they're having meetings to talk about that and potentially eliminating div- divisions in 2023. And now it's kind of popping up again at the Pac-12, we'll be looking at eliminating divisions as maybe this new model for scheduling kind of grows in the college football landscape. Where are you guys sitting as far as having the North and South division within the Pac-12? I don't know where I sit on that, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I get I get why they want to do that. that. That guarantees them the two best teams in the conference go. And if the two best teams are two teams from the South and then they go and they play each other. And, um, and I think that just better secures and better. It, it, it allows the PAC 12 to better situate themselves um, in the event for postseason play playoff, making sure their two best teams are showcased and, and uh, get a play for that title. So I, I get it. Um, but I, I, are we doing this simply because other other conferences are doing it and we just want to tag along? It kind of feels like that, but to your point, Scott, I think a lot of it has to do with trying to get your best chances at getting into a playoffs. Ryan, where are you sitting on this? I don't necessarily like it. Again, I see why they're probably lean that way, but I think it kind of eliminates to a certain degree the the rivalries that you get within a division um not and obviously when we joined the pac-12 colorado that rivalry was kind of built in forced upon everybody and i don't know that that's it obviously hasn't played out it's been dominated by utah but i think the usc rivalry is growing um i think there's a there's almost a uh, rivalry hate with ASU, but I think that goes with a lot of teams, not just Utah. But I think you kind of lose you you could lose that to a certain degree. You'd still play a lot of those teams, but but there's no guarantee you're playing every year. No, there's not. Which which kind of, I mean, that's what a rivalry is to a certain degree. Is you play you every every single year. Except for except for a few years to BYU, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a rivalry. Uh, I think a lot of it also has to do with uh, teams in the North want to get to Southern California, and if you eliminate the divisions, then there are more likely more chances for the North teams to play in Southern California. I yeah, I, I mean, like I the divisions. See why Oregon would want to play USC more often and UCLA. I, I mean, I I get that. Um, but, but realistically, are they going to play them any more often than they currently are? You know, and, and unless you, I mean, it's, especially there's talk that we may even lose a conference game and go down to eight, you know, so yeah. that affects everybody's schedule. It's everybody's going to have to rotate. It isn't just going to be, you know, the, 
Oregon gets whatever they want. Type oh, yeah. Of deal. They're still going to have to go through a rotation. It'd be a fair rotation. Like every four years, you, this is the schedule you're going to get. So, they, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe that doesn't increase the number of times they play in Southern California. Um, but then, and then you look at the, the North Division and you look outside of Washington, typically, and Oregon. There's unless you're unless it's an off year, the rest of the teams aren't necessarily that good. No, I mean, I mean, the North, obviously, Stanford had their run, um, Oregon and Washington. But it's really been those three teams. And I mean, the, the South, the South isn't much different, although every team in the South has won the South division. Uh, but only uh, USC and Utah are the two South teams that have actually won the title. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where I sit on this at the moment. I, I There's aspects to both I like. I do like the divisions. Um, I like knowing, you know, we're going to play these guys year in and year out. And and to your point, Ryan, there are those there are those kind of rivalries that are built in. I mean, if if we hadn't been playing – ASU every year, we wouldn't hate them like we do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, I, I, I kind of like having that built in, knowing that, hey, every year we're going to see the Arizona schools and we're going to have a, a essentially a bye against Colorado. And uh, so some of those are nice, but, uh, but I think the way college athletics is going, the way the divisions, um, just each conference is going, there's going to be a lot of change, um, whether it's realignment, how conferences continue to do things. Obviously, uh, you know, we're looking ahead to uh, uh, the next TV deal, especially with the PAC 12. How does that influence things? I mean, I just think, I just think, man, we're going to see so much change in the, in, in the next probably five to 10 years. Well, I think the PAC 12 needs that change because outside of really USC and on Oregon and now Utah, you know, starting to get some love nationally and Washington out of those teams, the rest of the conference is really pulling it down. And, and so there's gotta be some changes. Does changing divisions help or hurt that? I I don't know. I, I don't I like, know that it does I, anything for that. No, but I was gonna say, I, I like the division aspect because I like, I like that you can play for something throughout the year. And I kind of feel if, like, you look at basketball, there's no divisions in basketball. And I kind of feel like in in the Pac-12, if you're not competing for one, two, even three in the whole conference, then fans, sometimes teams, kind of get disinterested um, in the season. Whereas in the divisions, you have those rivalries. There's something to play for. You can knock a team from winning the division, things of that nature. I think that's what makes college football so exciting is that every single game means something. And I think if you get rid of divisions, it, it kind of takes that away a little bit. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, especially if, if you if you start off slow in conference, I mean, you're pretty much done in the conference race. Whereas in a division, I mean, that still very well could be the case if you have one team that's just head and shoulders above everybody else. But, uh, I mean, that's definitely a factor. I mean, I, I like the idea if, if Utah and USC were the two best teams in, in the conference, but we somehow lost to USC 
and and they go to the Pac-12 title over us, and they go play a you know an eight-win Northern team. That's that's where the injustice is, and and obviously if if you eliminate uh, the divisions, then you get to guarantee yourself year in and year out your two best teams go. So there's give and take that can help you in some years. It could hurt you in other years. So it's just, uh, you know, there's no, I, I'm not sure which formula ultimately is going to be best long-term, but uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of what direction they go with that. Yeah. And and no matter what they do, it's going to take a couple of years to really decide that out, get that scheduling down, especially as, as you mentioned, Scott, if they eliminate a, a conference game, uh, that'll kind of be some years out to get scheduling um, set up for that. All right, we're going to jump into the positions, kind of finish out our review of the positions we've done so far in the spring with the linebackers and the defensive line. Uh, we got to take a break and we come back, we'll get into it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, as we look at this linebacking group, the, the things that stand out, I think, to everybody is Utah's having to replace Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell. Two guys, Lloyd gets drafted in the first round. Nephi gets uh, an undrafted free agent contract. But two solid guys that Utah is going to have to replace this coming year. Yeah, those are those are guys that made, that made significant plays in that title run last year. Um, so... Those whoever whoever takes the field in September's got some big shoes to fill for sure. The 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 thing that's working in their favor is our D line could be borderline elite this year. There's potential that our D line is is out of this world, which obviously in that case that just helps the linebackers freeze those guys up to just go make tackles and and man, I mean Lander Barton. Kyle Whittingham was in love with Lander in the spring. He couldn't talk about Lander enough. Um, so, I mean, I think I think Lander, we're going to see a heavy dose. Whether he's a starter or not, I think you're going to see a ton of of Lander. And there's no question uh, the transfer from Florida, Diabate, Dia he's, he's, he's going to be getting the majority of those reps. And so, I mean, I, I kind of think it's between Diabate, um, Barton, and Corinne. Karini Reed are probably your three starters at the linebacker position, assuming depending on what the, what they're playing, if they're going to be a base with three, three backers out there or potentially just two in, in, uh, in uh, some sets. So 
Um, but I, I mean, I, that's where I think you're going to go, but then there's still, there's still plenty of names behind those guys that could come up and surprise. And I think a couple of guys that we haven't even mentioned yet that got playing time last year, Hayden Fury got significant reps uh, last year, filling in for injuries and, and just for guys needing rest. And Andrew uh, Mata'afa has been in the program for a couple of years. He's had some reps. Um, and so I, I, I just love what Colton Swan is doing with this linebacking group and that room. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. Remember how that was one of the weaknesses of the defense was the linebackers. We and were pulling if, dudes from the D-line or from the safety position and converting them to backers. Well, that's why Chase Hansen converted because there was, just, well, there was I mean, no but one there. Well, I mean, there was many before that, and, and it, was just, we, it was just a position that Utah historically did not recruit at a high level, which is just so strange considering the success that we've had defensively with that D-line. Um, but that really the linebacking recruiting has just taken off and gone to another level because it's just so absolutely deep. I mean, Justin Medlock was a huge get in this last recruiting class. And he was another guy that Kyle talked a lot about in the spring. And, and I think you're going to see him. Um, Mason Tafuga was a huge recruit a couple of years ago. Um, so there's just... And yeah, we haven't even talked about the Calvert. That's brothers. what I was going to say. We haven't even brought up the Calverts and Ethan and Josh. Well, Ethan was the more highly recruited, wasn't he? Yeah, Josh, yeah, Josh was the was. transfer from Washington. Um, and and Ethan, Cal- Ethan, Ethan injured his knee in in the first game last year. Um, but he's all- still rehabbing that because he didn't play in the spring game. He had a knee brace on. But I heard Colton Swan talking about him. Well, he, he, he didn't play in the spring game, but he did play in the spring. Yeah. And uh, Swan talked very highly of his motor and his uh, athleticism and his knowledge of the defense. So I, I, he'll probably be in the running to get some playing time as well. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it's the, the thing I guess that doesn't concern me too much is I think Diabate is going to come in. He's, he's going to lock down one of those positions oh, and whether sure. it's, a combination of a Barton, a Calvert, um, heck, even a Mata Afa that that secures some of these other positions. And I think you're going to see plenty of Karini Reed. Um, there's some surefire talent, and and even even if you get some attrition through some injuries or anything like that, man, the the spot is absolutely loaded with talent. So I I, I just obviously when you lose a first round draft pick. And with Devin Lloyd, there's going to be some drop off because Lloyd did so much for that defense. It wasn't just he wasn't just a tackling machine. He could he could rush the passer. He could he could he was so good in coverage. And and then and then you factor in just his leadership abilities and everything he did as a leader for that team and and defense. Um, So there's no doubt there's going to be a drop off just with his sheer playmaking ability. But I. I think with the, with I think we're going to see a significant increase and uh, from production standpoint from the D line, which I think just overall is going to help help that linebacking crew. All right, so Scott, let's move into the defensive line here. And honestly, if you go through the down the the roster of the D tackles and the D ends, there are so many guys that I could just see. Oh, they're going to get significant time. Oh, they're going to get a lot of reps. I mean. Fotu, Kafusi, uh, the Pututau brothers, uh, Junior Tafuna, 
Junior Tafuna, who had a great breakout season last year. Uh, hopefully He's my that, breakout player uh, this Ryan, year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you always do that. Just mute him. <laughs> I should. But then you look at the DNs, and you got Ellis and Fillinger and Connor O'Toole transitioning over from tight end is a very interesting uh, move there. But from top to bottom, there's so many guys that you just look at this roster, and they're stacked. This this D line, what you're saying, Scott, I, I I'm on there with you. This is a very talented group of, of young men. Well, if you just look at, I mean, there's there's guys here that either started or played significant minutes last year that very well could not see significant minutes based on the talent. I mean, I think Van Fillinger is locked in one of the end spots. No doubt. I no think doubt. the I think the other end is probably I, up in the air with uh, Gabe Reed, like you said, could come in and do that. Um, Jonah Ellis. Jonah Ellis showed really a lot towards the end of the season. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I mean Van Van. Yeah, he he's he's got he's got his side locked down. I think there's no questions about that. You're going to see a ton of Jonah Ellis, Gabe Reed. Um, it, obviously, just with his ability and and his experience, you're going to see a ton of him. But I mean, I mean, look at this defensive tackle position. Uh, all right, so you've got Junior Tafuna. He's your starter. Tennessee Pututau was your starter two two years ago, and and really kind of fell off a little bit last year until late in the season, and then and then he was starting to get more time. Um, Aliki Viamahi was absolutely huge the second half of the season at the defensive tackle position. And then you've got uh, um, Samote Pepa, who is a huge recruit. And and we know what we have in Devin Kafusi. Tavita Fotu, um, who's got, uh, he's got great genes. Um, he's now in the program. Absolutely. As, as a redshirt freshman, 6'5", got great size. I mean, just overall, the defensive tackle position is loaded with so much talent. And then you factor in, yeah, those DNs. I mean, obviously, we don't really know what we have in Connor O'Toole. um, But, man, word out of spring ball is he's done really well with the switch to the DN position, which I'll be honest, I'm kind of surprised by. I'm surprised that the, the amount of weight that he's put on now and... His speed, which they're t- talking a lot about, is how quick he is off the snap, off the ball. And, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know that we're going to see him, you know, be a star this year. But I think you're going to see moments of kind of that high ceiling that, that he may be able to provide. Uh, Mika Sugat, I can never say this guy's name. Sugataraga. Sugataraga. Yeah, well, I think you nailed it, Ryan. Um, Thank you. And, and I, oh man, we've been waiting on Tyler Weegis for, it feels like forever, even though he's only a red shirt freshman. But uh, again, he's one of those guys that they brought in, needed to put some weight on him. And, and it's, they've had trouble putting that weight on him, but uh, he was one of those projection recruits that if they could get him to that level, he's got great size, he's got great speed. So there's options there um, at that defensive end position. I just think overall, um, I, I think we're going to be absolutely loaded. We're going to, we're going to be right at the top in rush defense. And if, and it is a, it is an F because Van Fillinger needs help from that other side. 
But if uh, whether uh, whether Jonah Ellis or Gabe Reed or somebody else can lock down that other side and consistently put pressure on it, this I'm telling you, this D line is going to be lights out. I think the thing that I, I really like the most of this D line, I know we, you know, we got our, our red colored glasses on is with this defensive line. It kind of seems like in the past a couple of years ago, there would just be maybe one kind of star on on the D line, right? And or on the or on the edge, it'd be one guy. Uh, and a lot of times, if they got double teamed, that's how teams could take advantage of that. But when you look at what this recruiting has been the last couple of years, you can't do that anymore. And if you try to double team Van Villinger, then you know on the other side, if it's Ellis or Reed coming off, or if you're double teaming uh, Villinger, you got Pututau coming through. I think that's the thing that I'm just I'm so stoked about this about this line looking across the board is there's so many stars. And that's what really what it comes down to is how many stars, how many playmakers do you have on your team that can rise to the occasion? And I think that's why Utah is being favored right now to win the win the division, win the Pac twelve. And there's even projections that we saw this week of Utah being a playoff team. And I think not only is it because of the D-line, but you look across the board of this Utah roster, there's just stars across the board. I mean, with that, with obviously there's a change uh, in, in the coaching staff. Lewis Powell returns, which is huge. Dude's, dude's an absolute stud. But I, I love the, the hire of Luther Ellis and just kind of the energy he's going to bring um, to that staff. And, and I think you're already hearing about just kind of, camp from you know what Luther Ellis is bringing and I just I am obviously there's still some unknown there um but uh but by early reports and just kind of the energy that that guy has I'm excited I mean he just he just coaches and just has such a passion about him and I I I, I'm hoping he just invokes that into this D-line that they just become I mean they've always been nasty but man, just just take it to another level and just absolutely dominate these games. I noticed that at the spring game, he was he was up and down that sideline, pumping guys up, yelling at guys on the field. I mean, he he was nonstop the entire scrimmage. Yeah, I I, I think I think it was a great hire. I, I mean, I was completely shocked when when that hire was announced, but I've uh, it's really grown on me, and I I think it's going to be huge. Couldn't agree more with you too. A huge hire, uh, bringing Ellis back. Very much like how Kyle brought uh, Quentin Ganther, a former Ute, back into coaching the running backs. And something that we've talked about is that whole family culture and bringing former players back into coach. Um, I love, I love that approach Kyle's taking. So that will kind of do it as far as looking at this roster for the 22 season. If you missed any of the previous podcasts, you know, they're always on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere to listen to a podcast. Go back, uh, listen to those, and also on our on our website at utahmanpodcast.com. And Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Uh, yeah, find me at uh, Uteman underscore forever. Just look for Old Man Peace. I'll be there. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. Until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be till I die. Kai.
We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.